probably a lot of joy when the redeemed are gathered in. Oh, my, my, my. As Brother Bolly would say, my, 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 Michael, we're going to have a time. They won't even know who we are. But they'll take a revelation. They'll say, who's that young guy? When the redeemed are gathering in. I look at some of the frosting all over all of our heads now for some of us that used to have hair. But Brother Bram said we didn't lose one. Didn't lose one. So I know I, I see it on the monitors. I see these shiny spots on brothers' heads. <laughs> so you might not see it because you're down below, but those that are on monitors, they actually see it. And I won't say who those people are. But they didn't lose one. And that's that's a joy. It's nice to see in the house of God tonight. It's surprising to see the the church as full as it is. Because I know that crazy border is a crazy border. And we want to thank all the saints that cross that border on a continual basis. We're proud of you. We love you. We respect you. I know it takes great effort. And uh, we thank God for you. Amen. You'll have a special reward. Us, us Canadians that are only a few miles away. What's our sacrifice? So God bless you and thank you to be here. I can take your Bibles. Gonna maybe lay down a, a little bit of a subject for times to come. Um, I like to speak on holy fire. Holy fire. So whenever, uh, in the Old Testament, when God's making reference to fire, it actually tagged with it in the Hebrew is divine fire or holy fire. And uh, we had a sister who used to come to Bible Way House many years ago. And she wrote a little song, burn, burn, Holy Spirit, burn in me. That's, that's holy fire. That's the holy fire we want to be burning within us. Not just a, maybe a statement, as John said. He said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Holy Ghost, fire. So everybody's attracted to fire. Whenever I was a kid in Chilliwack when I was growing up and we weren't a big town in those days and the old uh, fire engine would go down the main street, you just hopped on your bike and followed the fire. You just wanted to see fire. I don't know what's with fire. You get around with some friends around a campfire. Everybody is like they're zoned right into the fire. It's just something about mesmerizing fire. Isn't this true? I mean, you can hold your cup of coffee till it goes cold and everybody's looking at the fire, not saying hardly anything. So we're attracted to fire. If anybody's attracted to fire, we're attracted. And we have, um, of course, a calamity of fires. And I'll be speaking a little bit about that around uh, uh, California. And I don't mean in any stretch of imagination that there's not catastrophes. There's actually two kinds of fire. And you just have to decide which kind of fire you want. There's really two kinds of fire. So without any delay, let's turn to uh, Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 9. Moses, God is giving, laying out to Moses now, and Moses is laying out to the people the different offerings that will be offered. And now 
He, uh, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying in verse 8, verse 9, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of burnt offerings. It is the burnt offering because of, uh, because burning upon the altar all night upon the morning and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches shall he put on his flesh and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offerings on the altar and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments, put on other garments, carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. I want you to look at now verse 13. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Can we read that verse together? Verse 13. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Fire. We have fire. You have something that burns. And we shall never have the fire go out. So there should be something burning in my soul. The fire of heavenly love shall burn in my soul. The Holy Spirit came. All glory to his name. This holy fire is God's heavenly love burning in my soul. Drop a match on the forest or on the grass or in the bush. And it can cause, as we know, thousands of acres to go up in flame. One match. Is that true? Well, you know, one match thrown and we hear the horrors of it in California and the different fires. One match. Just one little fire. One little flame. Boom. But drop an ice cube on it and you only get wet for an inch. We don't want no ice cubes. <laughs> See what happens when you get cold? Nothing. Right? Start a forest fire with one little match, drop an ice cube on it, does nothing. Might get wet for one inch. What a contrast. What a, so we understand what wet blankets are then. Anybody ever had the fire of God burning in their soul? And all of a sudden a wet wet blanket comes by? And some people have different stripes. Generals in wet blankets. I remember when I first got saved, man, I wanted to turn UBC upside down and inside out. 
I want to let them know that one of those old reprobates got saved. There's a fire burning in my heart. The Holy Spirit came, all glory to his name. And I wanted to let everybody know. But I just happened to talk to one brother and he says, you know, and what do I know? I know God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I knew that scripture. That became alive to me. I was born again. A revelation struck me. Serpent seed, I, I thought for all my life, the whole Bible is all about serpent seed. Because it just was throughout the scripture. So I want to tell everybody, you're either God's seed or serpent seed. Boy, that really gets the fire burning. No ice cube there at all. But I, I wanted another brother to come to UBC with me. I wanted to go to the commons block. I wanted everybody to know that the, the guy that used to drag himself around here is now on fire. So I went to one brother. He said, oh, brother, don't be just so fanatical. You know, you, if you feel to go, go yourself. What are you talking about? He had one striped wet blanket. And then you find out that there's others who said, you know what? You just got to do what you got to do. If God's got something burning in your soul, go do it. What God's told you to do. You don't know anybody but God. Let him light your fire. Amen. And you know what? I really like a little bit of encouragement that you can start blowing. By saying amen. 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 Fires. When Brother Ed started to end his service off in fire, I turned, I thought, oh my goodness, Brother Ed, please save something. So I did print half my notes only, Brother Derek. So here we got these fires and we see them and they, and they take so much of the news because it's fire. It keeps growing. Deaths are happening and people are dying and People's livelihoods are gone, or homes are gone. But you know, and 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 the strangest thing that you hear so often—it's an act of God. Why don't they say it's an act of the devil? Why not? Why not just say it's an act of the devil? You know, and they'll find out that it was a power line somewhere, somebody burning in the forest had their little campfire and left them. But they always say it's an act of God or, or something. It's not an act of God. And so now we have these fires. Do you know since, uh, oh man, <laughs> I started reading the statistics of fire, it just blow your mind. How many fires have we had since, um, let me give you time, 1825. Since 1825, Canada and America have had 104 fires. Oh, you say, well, Brother Tom, that doesn't really, you know, mean too much to me what does that mean you don't understand the value that gets eaten up by fires the fire down in california last last year 217 one fire alone caused 65 billion dollars worth of damage one fire and now this fire this campfire that's going on now the amount of acres that are consumed will blow your mind. 
There was one fire back in 1910 that ate up over 5 million acres of land. Never, unless I said it, you would never have known it. (laughs) Nobody knows about a fire that is actually puts Montana on the map, puts Idaho on the map, and burns all the way up into southeastern British Columbia. Just incredible amount of timber destroyed, homes lost, and lives taken by fire. Just incredible. Then you go into different acreage and the amount of acres. You go into the 270,000 acres, 151,000 acres. You go into your half a million acres, your quarter of a million acre fires. And, and you just go through the, the, um, the amount and what's burned and what is destroyed is actually mind boggling. I have three pages of fires whose families are destroyed, daddies burned, mothers consumed, children gone, grandparents don't exist, caused by a fire. And we say great is the fall thereof, and then indeed it is great. But how wonderful it is for the Holy Ghost and fire to burn out that fire of sin that has been resident within your lives until you were born again. What a fire. And Brother Brown said, the fire of God can never be put out. And so you might as well rejoice. We have an Old Testament type. They were, the Leviticus priesthood was to keep the fires burning. And it's our jobs as sons and daughters of God is to keep the fire burning in our own lives. Because we are kings and priests. I know you want to put it back onto the ministry, but the ministry is going to put it back on you. You are kings and priests. They were commanded by God that the fire shall never, ever go out. Brother Frank, you've been a great testimony. How many years for you? Going into 30, almost 30 years or so? We got it wrong last time, so we might as well get it right this time. But he's the youngest, oldest man I know. And I told him that today when he met me at the, at the car, or coming in from the car. Brother Frank is just bubbling there and shaking my hand and asking somebody to come over for dinner. God bless you, Brother Frank. Many of us, if not all of us, have one day sat at your table, and God bless you. But I would say, somehow, the brethren never lit your fire. But it was the fire of God that lit your fire. So they say, well, where did the fire start? Because fire had to start from somewhere. If it was started by man, then then it's it's not eternal. But the Bible says that the fire came down from heaven and lit the altar of sacrifice. (laughs) Glory. The fire came from God and lit the altar of sacrifice. And now the priest was to put wood on the fire to keep it going. Don't put any strange fire. Just keep the fire going. No strange fire. 
Because you put strange fire on your altar. And you watch what happens. And we've seen what happens. And we don't want to go there tonight. We want to speak on the positive. But I want the fire of God to burn on. You know, two priests were killed. Aaron's sons were killed. Because they lit it with strange fire, not fire from God. Strange fire. Fire that was not ordained of God to be at the altar. And a lot of people, they look and read into a lot of other things outside of the message. And I say, I wouldn't want any strange fire. Start kindling your thoughts contrary to this message. When this message is the fire of God. Can you say amen? It is God's holy fire. So I was going to say, anybody that wants to be a wet wet blanket, go to the back of the church. Anybody wants the fire of God, come to the front of the church. But we'll just leave you where you are. Because you yourself have to allow God to light your fire. Can anybody say amen? We know then fire is uh, both an instrument or a tool that Satan uses. But it's also an instrument and tool that God uses. So God's the originator. Satan is the copycat. Right? God's the originator. Satan is the one that can never originate an original thought. Fire. Is both used for power, for good, and power for evil. It can be constructive, or it can be destructive. Fire, just fire. God can use it, and has used it, for his glory. Without the sun, tell me, how would we have vegetation? God controls this earth by fire. <laughs> Without it, you'd be a frozen mass of ice cubes. You just wouldn't be, you just wouldn't be alive, let me tell you. Fire is a symbol of God. He reveals himself through fire, as he did to Moses at a burning bush, which the bush was not consumed by fire, but it was fire. He lit Israel by a pillar of fire. And Hebrews 1 7 says his servants are called flames of fire. God help us if we ever turn to be ice cubes. You know, you look around sometimes and you see people. If, if I ever lit a fire under your seat, you wouldn't be sitting down. I won't go where I was going to go. So, we have a part to play if we are determined then to let the fire of God do its work. It's up to you to fuel your own fire. The priesthood had to keep the fire burning. Saints, 
In this lukewarm age, the spirit on the age is to keep your fire from burning. Everything Satan, every device he comes up with, everything that he hails as something glorious to a Laodicean age, Satan is here to dampen your fire. What would we do without it? In Zechariah 3 and 2, the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Israel rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? And he was speaking to Joshua at the temple. And God was rebuking Satan and saying, Isn't this but he that has been plucked, a firebrand plucked from the fire. And you can look at each and every one of you and you can say you've been a brand plucked out of Satan's fire. So now as we laid this little bit of a foundation, Jeremiah 5 and 14, you don't need to turn, but I will read it. It says, wherefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire and the people would and it shall devour them. God's word is fire. So God sent a message in this hour. So that the fire of his word would kindle your wood. Not for your destruction, but for your edification. To let you know, saints of God, there's something burning in my soul. We had the great, they start out in history with the great fire of Rome in 64 AD, which they say and blame it on the Christians. And Nero danced around with his fiddle, they say. Well, Rome burnt. Well, we don't know how true that is. But then they called the Great Fire of London was in 1666. The Great Chicago Fire in 1871. The Great Fire of 1910 where Washington, as we dealt with that, uh, Montana, Eastern Washington. The Great Fire of St. John, Newfoundland. Everything's great. It's the Great Fire. But I'm looking at a room at a greater fire. They call it the great fire of London. I want to say the great fire of Brother Martin. Brother Darren, the great fire. Brother Ernie, you are on fire. They have specific dates of their fires. And there should be a specific moment when you know that God came down in a consuming fire and consumed your sin and did something in your life. John, I remember the cool fellow at the back. I remember your jacket you were wearing. You're sitting right back there where the old brother Ocala is right now. Arm. I mean, he's long. So he stretched out real long like, what can you tell me that I don't know already? I, I won't put words in your mouth. 
But something got a hold of you, Brother Jean. What was that, Brother Victor? It wasn't the great fire of Chicago. It was the great fire of God consuming a sacrifice. God help us never to let this fire. Should have been a little bit more amens than that. What is it that we have repeats every camp where young people get something at the camp? They get lit on fire. I want to ask, what is it that puts you on the front seat and then all of a sudden within six months, you're sitting in the back seat? Something happened. It wasn't the fire of God. Something dampened the fire. So then you have your part to play. Lord, would you set your fire in me? Say, Brother Tom, this is so simple. Do it. Do it. I'm on fire. Let me tell you, saints. You know, I, I, I thought to myself, self, you're 64. Talk like a 64 guy. I don't know what talk like a 64 is. Uh, one brother said to me, came across my pathway in one of the meetings this year. It was in so many, I can't, I, I was trying to figure out eight or so different trips, six overseas and three in America or something. And he said to me, he says, you haven't changed a bit in 30 years. I said, I hope not. Uh, he says, no, you're still on fire. I said, praise the Lord. Lord, keep my fire burning. But you have to give yourselves to God to let the fire burn. How terrible would be to be a stick, a dry stick of wood and no fire on it, no heat from it. When this is the most precious word, we say it's the most precious word. And we can say it in such a cold way. Your Bible and my Bible says in Deuteronomy 4 and 24, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. Even a jealous God. What a fire we have. How would we even know what the real fire of God was unless there was a prophet? I'm sorry. Pentecost, Baptist, Methodist. They say they had the fire. They didn't have any fire. But when the prophet said, that same one that met me, that pillar of fire is in this room. We just took it by faith. They took it by faith. Then all of a sudden a picture was taken. And then we say, well, there's the fire of God. Well, that should be as real to you tonight as it was the moment it was taken. The only supernatural being ever photographed. I say glory be to Jesus. So now that pillar of fire, which was God, when he wanted to speak to the people, he needed a prophet on the scene to speak. He didn't use the fivefold ministry. They had a fivefold ministry and it was boggling people's minds. And that's why he said, say what I say and don't put your interpretation to what I say. Say what I say. Don't take one quote to make your story because it's also written 
And people have a thoughts and they got their, they got their special theories. But saints, there's also another quote. Make sure before you say something, you've read all the quotes. Because this is not just a selective message. This is one message. Amen. So then now, God has his messenger to speak, and he's speaking to the people. He's wanting their wood to come on fire. Are you ready for it? I'm wondering whether I'm ready for it. He will make every sick person in this building here right now whole. That's a little bit of fire to me. How can one make that proclamation and God not back it up? We can say a lot of things, but you have no God to back it up. I want God to back up what we say. He will make every sick person sitting here whole right now. So now, saints of God, that's the fire of God speaking. That's the word of God going out. My God's a consuming fire. He already made the way. And he's standing between you and your trouble now. So I thought, oh my goodness, that pillar of fire that stood between the Egyptian and the Israelites that kept them back, that pillar of fire, he said, is now standing between you and your trouble. Hallelujah. It looks like trouble has to go. As the prophet, or brother, our pastor said this morning, he said it troublesome times for the people here, but the most glorious time for the bride of Jesus Christ. I'll take God at his word. I don't care about my aches or my pains. I got to take God at his word. Now he says this, I know he's here right now. I know he's here. It's not, he might be here. I wish he was here. I know he's here right now. He's here right now. Call me a fanatic. Call me a fanatic if you want. I'm not responsible what you say. I love that line. But I'm responsible for what I say before God. He who led the children of Israel, if I judged it right, on that light that you see tonight or have seen in that picture, I suppose some of you, uh, I suppose they put some out tonight. That same angel of God is in this building right now to do just exactly what Jesus did in his day. Now, let me ask you the question. Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? So if Jesus did something in his day, and the prophet said he's here right now, can he be here tonight? Sure he can. I suppose some of you think that I'm a, I'm a fanatic. He said the angel of God's in this building right now. He's here to confirm. Just what he did then, he is now. And will always be the same. 
the angel of God is moving up to stand between us and sickness, between us and death. No wonder, David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. And the church said, Amen. He said, the angel of God that went before the camp of Israel and stood between that enemy, that angel of God is standing here between every individual and your enemy. I want to blow on your fire. He's standing between you and your enemy. Who? God Almighty. God of the consuming fire, Brother Ernie. Man, if we had half the energy of Brother Ernie, I'd be hopping around all over this pulpit. That's great, Brother Ernie. You keep that alive. The angel of God. Now, I do not believe that Brother Branham, when he's speaking, is speaking in just the present. I don't believe it. I do not believe that. You might think I'm a fanatic. You answer to your own understanding. I'll answer to mine before God. I believe when he was speaking, he was speaking to me. Is that right, Roxanne? Sister Roxanne? Shall I, if Sister Violet was here, I could say, is that right, Sister Violet? Here, husband comes home, no job, no nothing, wearing a white shirt, sitting in his chair, puts on the table, said, you sitting there with that white shirt on, you've been needing a job, God's given you a job. And the next day, he works for 30 years or so forth, 25 years for finning. Was that for the present only with the prophet, or is that to the future also? Amen. And so, saints, let's not be wet blankets. We got something we're shouting about. I was thinking about the different ones over the years that God had used different ones to speak to. And I think I've, I've made mention maybe a couple of times over the years that there was a uh, brother in the church and his mother-in-law was in the hospital. And I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to go. And I just, as I was studying and I thought, you know, I just don't have time. I don't know her. If it was one of you, of course, we'd be there in a moment. I said, oh, Mike, can we wait? No, no, she's dying. She's got kidney failure, liver failure. Her heart, she's got congenital heart failure. She's got every kind of problem that there is. And they need, I said, oh, brother Mike, I'm studying. I'll be up there within an hour. So I get up there and I try to find a room and I get to the morgue. I said, Lord, is this a sign? No, he's looking for something. Maybe she's going to die. I don't know. So I went back to get the right instructions again from the receptionist at the thing. She said, go down the, I remember, go down the hallway, turn right, go up the elevator, down one floor and, and left, and that's the room. I end up in the morgue again. I thought, this is craziness. I went back and I just said, okay, I'll give it one more try. And then her daughter, who had come to church ever once in a while, she was there and she saw me and she was, of course, not, she was made up differently than what our sisters are. So she was convicted and everything. I said, I came here to see your mother, to pray for your mother. Oh, she says, I'm going there right now. Why don't you follow me? So the exact instructions that the lady gave me, except one, I should have turned right instead of left. 
Why? I don't know, but it was maybe to run into Carol. So when I went to the room and there she is, she's on everything. She's on, she's on every kind of machinery that you can think of. And I, and all the priests had just been there, they're Catholics, and she was going to, she was going to, you know, pass on. So they gave her her last rites and, and I got in there and of course, you know, I just said, well, everybody that's not a believer go over in the corner. So they all went into the corner. So they just went over to the right hand side and I said, uh, I just called her a grandma. I said, grandma, can you hear me? She said, yeah. I said, I've come to pray for you. Do you want me to pray for you? And this other older lady over on the other bed says, I do. I said, I'll be right over there. I'll be right there as soon as I'm finished here. So I prayed for her, I prayed for her, and then I went over and prayed for the other sister, and I walked out, and I said, well, Lord, it's in, in your hands. Within the 24 hours, she walked out of the hospital. Now, you'd think for some people that would light their fire. But though one raised from the dead... No, sir, you gotta be a predestinated. You've gotta be a branch off the tree of life himself. And once that fire's burning, Roger, it does not stop. Hallelujah. So they gave me a call and they said, Mother's out of the hospital. I said, Well, praise the Lord. I said, Tell her to come to church to give God the glory. That's what you're to do. That's what you're to do. Wasn't there 10 lepers? Huh? And we wonder why we don't have any fire because we're not thankful for what God has done for us in our lives. Saints, you should fan the fire. Say, honey, look what God did for me here. Look what he did for you there. Keep your house on fire. Hallelujah. So he said, come to church. Come to church. Say something. Give God the glory. She didn't go to church. She went to the Catholic church. They they lit some candles to whomever. And within that month, she's dead. You say, well, what was that for? I don't know who that was for. Maybe for tonight to let you know. If you don't give God the glory, don't give the devil any glory. The Pope didn't do it. The Catholic church didn't do it. It was God himself. Hallelujah. We have the angel of God between us and our enemy. That should give you an encouragement. Yes, sir. I know God has come down from glory standing in this building right now. If you'll just get a group of people tonight and dare to move out in God's word. And see if he don't move before you now. Watch. It came between the camp and the Egyptians. And he's coming between you and your sickness. I'd say sickness, leave me. Because my God is with me. And he's a consuming fire. And he'll consume you. Can you say amen? Anybody that's got a family home dispute, I say let the fire of God dissolve the dispute. I can't have children. Yes, you can. 
Who says you can't? The devil says you can't. I say God can do anything tonight. Hallelujah. Put some faith to work. Exercise it. David said, today your head comes down. Abraham said, the lad and I shall return. They had to speak it before it happened. John the Baptist said, there's one that I'm unworthy to unlatch his shoes. Standing amongst you, he spoke it, and then Jesus came. Glory to God. Come on, church. Let's have a little fire around here. Mm. The fire shall never, shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Ashley, never. No devil going to tell you next year you're going to fall away. No devil going to tell you that. It will never, ever go out. If God has lit your fire, if God has consumed your branch, it will never go out. Satan might have his wet blankets, but the fire of God is stronger than any wet blanket. You can't do this. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengtheneth me. Devil says, you can't have your children. You just tell them right now. I got the angel of God between me and that lie. Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you something right now. Satan is going to be on your shoulder the moment you leave this church. And you need to take the word of the Lord. And you need to exercise it. You don't go by your feelings. You go by faith. Jeremiah said, and his word was in my heart, was like a burning fire. Once God lights your heart on fire, I'm sorry, saints, none of your unbelief, devil's unbelief, anybody's unbelief is going to put a fire of God out. Brother Ram made the example of the Queen of Sheba. Here she was, total pagan. Didn't know God, didn't know nothing. All she was taught all her life is what the ministers of her church taught her. But she heard something somewhere. That there was a God in Israel. And God was using a king called Solomon. And her heart started to burn. So if you wanted to burn more, you get into the presence of where God is. You say, well, I want God to consume me. Then get into the message. Get into your Bible. So I want God. I, I want to have some enthusiasm. I need God to move in my life. I love the Lord. He's so wonderful. He can barely make it to church. Wow. What a consuming fire. Sounds like a few ice cubes. Icebergs. No, Brother Bram said she wanted to find the Jesus Christ of reality. I'm going to have some great fellowship with the Queen of Sheba. Brother Bram said 10,000 angels were all around her. 
I was saying to one of the sisters, look up 10,000 angels. I think he says it five or eight times. He said Moses was watched over by 10,000 angels when he was put into the river. He said Jesus when he walked down the road, 10,000 angels were there. I wonder how many angels are here tonight. <laughs> I wonder how much they're rejoicing now in fellowship saying, how come they're so quiet when he's talking about the fire of God? Oh, he says now she, she wanted to find the reality of God. He says when light strikes that seed, that little woman was a type of the seed, yet an alien and an heathen. Now remember, she probably had to travel by night. It was hot on the Sahara Desert. She traveled by night, maybe reading the scrolls. We find out that what the prophet said about God was, I'll reveal the secrets of the heart. The word reveals the secrets of the heart. And if there be one amongst you spiritual prophet, I, the Lord, will make myself known and speak to him in visions. And what he says comes to pass, hear him. And I'll find out when I get there that whether it's God or not. <laughs> she had to find out whether it was God or not. What do you think the outcome was? It was God. I think uh, Years ago, I, I did a telly, and it was, I think, in the early 2000s. So it had to be like 18, 15 years ago. I just did the sum of the weight of the total and changed the currency into into what our currency was in 2002 or something like that. I should have looked it up. But the currency was into the her offering, and I'm not pulling on one tonight. Don't worry. Don't get quiet on me. Was $2 billion. She didn't know whether or not she was going to find God, but Brother Branham said, he said the, the hunger in her heart, she came with her offering believing that God was with Solomon, and she did, she came with a two billion dollar offering. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. I'll leave that one to a tithe night. I'll let the trustees handle that. When that light strikes the seed, it's the very vindication of God that the pillar of fire is hanging there. Now, now, okay, so now we've taken the quote. If the light strikes the seed, it's a vindication that the pillar of fire is there. I want to ask you, did the light strike your seed? It's a vindication that the pillar of fire is there. Not just in Houston, but in Cloverdale, in Linden. Amen. It's a vindication of God that the pillar of fire is hanging there. Amen. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good will to give you the kingdom. See, they'll catch it. That seed catches it. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna put a, we're gonna put the devil by God's grace on the run right now. He can't stand. He likes his kind of fire. But he doesn't like the holy fire. Devil doesn't like the holy fire of God. Are you ready? This body is yours. So you can say that. This body is mine. This body is mine. This body is mine. God gave it to you. 
That's what you heard this morning. It's your dwelling place. God wanted you to have your body. And you don't even like your body. Oh, I, boy. <laughs> Let's not go there. Huh? But God gave that body to you. God wanted to have you. God wanted you to have it. But the devil has moved in with cancer, tuberculosis, diseases. And says to you, I'll take him out. I'll do this. I'll do that. But something's happened. The pillar of fire has come amongst us. What we have is what? The pillar of fire is amongst us. It's a vindication of the seed being lit. So now God gave you your body and the devil comes with his kind of fire. So you've got to fight fire with fire. And your fire will consume him. Can you say amen? It doesn't matter whether it's cancer, tuberculosis, or whatever disease it is. The pillar of fire has come amongst us. It's the captain of the Lord of hosts. Every devil that's got the people bound tonight is scared to death. That's your prophet talking to you. The devil is scared to death. Now listen to him. He said he's scared to death. Sure there are. They're even fainting. Now listen. He is a prophet that looks in a window. And he's telling you through that window. That your devil's at the pillar of fire. Is standing between you and your sickness. And he's fainting. Because he thinks you're going to get it. I'm getting it, prophet. Amen. You're the captain of the Lord of hosts. And mighty is my God. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's Alpha Omega. No devil. No weapon. You heard it can stand before us. Let the fire of God burn in your heart. Hallelujah. He said they're fainting. Why? Why? Why did those Philistines and so forth faint? Why did those at Jericho faint? Because they knew that death was on the road for them. That's what the devil knows right now. He said Jericho fainted. The Philistines fainted. Because the people that had the promise were on the road. We're in another exodus. And I'm on my road. Let me tell you. Let me show you a mystery. We shall all be changed. Somebody said, we are talking the other night. Talking about funerals and everything like that. What are you going to do if Tom, or we die or things like that? I said, please don't have a funeral for me. He said, put me in a box, put me in the ground and gone. Because I'm rejoicing on the hills of glory. I said, why put the people through an agony of tears? You know, you got me, you're busy people. You got other things to do. Just say, Tom's having a great time. But saints, I don't plan on going in the ground. I plan on going up. Why? The captain is here. The pillar of fire is here. Lead us us every step of the way. 
Amen. Sure, they're scared. Brother Ram said, they're scared. Their father, the devil, was defeated at Calvary. Their father, the devil, was defeated at Calvary. The captain of the host has moved in in the form of the Holy Ghost. Devils are on the move for Jesus Christ, the chief captain, said in my name. They shall cast out demons in my name. Who? Just the preacher? Come on, Nathan. You can say to that devil, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind you. Power to bind and power to loose. Not for just the preachers. Not for just the deacons. But for you and me. You got a sickness in your home, high priest of the home, bind that demon. You got a sick daughter, bind that devil. You got a sick son, bind it. Glory be to Jesus. We'd be here all night if we wanted to give testimony of what God's done in binding Satan. But he says, hallelujah, the devils are on the move. Jesus Christ, the chief captain, is here. And in my name, they shall cast out devils. Brother Bram said, they failed to get this 40 years ago. Are you listening? Listen real good. It's not, saints, listen. You know, we're talking about fire. Divine fire. Holy Ghost and fire. There's one that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That fire is not your little bush fire. That's divine fire. He said, they didn't get this 40 years ago, Brother Brown's saying. Didn't get this 40 years ago. But we're coming in now, possessing the land. The pillar of fire, the same chief captain is leading the host of the Lord. It's your land. God promised to prosper you in health. Amen. I can just hear them screaming right now. And I hear our angel saying, keep on, keep on, keep pressing on, keep pressing on. Come on. Yes, sir. He's trembling tonight. This is another quote. He's trembling tonight. Hallelujah. The great world of God's power is moving in the building. And I want to say to you tonight, the great world of God is still whirling. What is that presence for? Is to fan the fire. Fan the fire, Lord. Satan is trembling. Oh, what if they'd only have faith? See? Satan's heart's melted. The doctors say this, but don't realize that the Lord of hosts is amongst you? So simple. But yet, sometimes we make it so difficult. Because we think we muster it up. It's not you mustering up anything. It's just allowing yourself to be in the presence of God and letting God do it. Oh, yes, we must realize, we do realize, we have some Andrews amongst us. Maybe, like Brother Bram said, prayer warrior, probably soft and mellow. 
And you have to have those. But you also got your Peters, he said. A little bit boisterous. Peter. He says, there was Andrew, his brother, James and John, sons of thunder. I wonder what they preach like. They weren't called the sons of thunder. For nothing. Philip, Bartholomew. All different ones had different parts to play within the body of Christ. But every one of them had the fire of God. How long will that fire burn? Questions and answers. You can answer. Forever. Because it's an eternal fire. The flame of fire, fire in your bones, fire draws everybody. Caleb had a fire in his heart. Any 40 year, any any young 40 year olds here? Do we have a 40 year old here at present? We have no 40 year olds. Uh, Jeff, what are you? Your wife is pointing to you. 40's not bad. I'd love to be 40. <laughs> huh? 40 years old Caleb was when he got the promise. 40 years old he started to stomp through his land. 40 years. He saw everything the other 10 spies saw. But he wholly followed the Lord. Sure he did. Why? Because he had a passion and zeal for God that comes from fire. Zeal means great energy. It's a pursuit for a cause. It's an eagerness with enthusiasm. (laughs) Oh, God, give us more Caleb's. It's intense desire. It's a zealousness. It's a fiery interest in the pursuit of something. He was zealous. Or passionate. So I looked at passion. Where do you get passion? Where where do you get passion? So I looked it up. I I wanted to find out. I I had all different answers too. And I tried to figure out. Passion. Where do you get passion from? So I'm just combing it. Looking it up. And. And I love the answer. So I'm holding it out. They said, passion comes from genetics. We've come from God. And we go back to God. I am a gene from God. And he's got a passion for an objective. I will have a bride. She will overcome. 
They said, why does one person passionate over something? Why somebody got to drive for something? Why, why is that there? And they, they took so many study groups and different things like that. And they put these wires on people's heads. And they wanted to see the electricity that was going in the globes. I go, this is Frankenstein all over again. This is crazy. But they just then started to find out why a person gets up in the morning and wants to be the longest javelin thrower. Like, where did you get that from? Huh? Or, you know, these these balls of iron. Yeah, they can barely lift it up. And these guys, hulks, you know. They do this for eight hours a day. To throw a ball 27 feet. So they can get a name in a book or a medal on their chest. Day after day, hour after hour, month after month, fail the first Olympics, go into the next Olympics. Eight years later, they've given their lives for it, and a half of them don't even make the finals. If they can have a passion to throw a ball or a javelin or a disc. Boy, I had good form. Can you imagine? I just can't do it. They say, what, 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 what makes a guy want to hit a tennis ball against the wall for eight hours a day? And there's only a small percentile of population that wants to do it. Right? And then I started to say, well, there's a very small percentile that want to go to heaven. <laughs> only the elect of God will put a passion and a zeal with the fire that's burning because of a genetic gene that's come from God and you're going back to God. Lord, let the fire fall. They say the passion and zeal for any achievement greater than normal is by genetic drive. That's why they say a businessman that succeeds in business does not believe it's work. And half of us drop our jaw. You get up in the morning, oh man, I gotta go to work. But a successful man that is an achiever, and then they take all these huge achievers. And they said, for them, they get up in the morning, it's like you and I wanting to go to the Bahamas. That's what they say. To them, it's the greatest thing since sliced cheese. I get to go to work because I'm going to make money. And money is power. Hey, they're driven by it. You don't even think that way. Man, I got to go to work. Man, they get up in the morning, they're skipping to work. They can't wait. They get it. And know what they say? Gene. <laughs> whether it's sports, whether it's business, whatever the achiever is. And there's only one group of people I want to achieve with. And that's the bride of Jesus Christ. We get up in the morning. We got a smile on our face. We say, devil, you got me on your hands today. Amen. Yes, sir. He says, yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of enemies. He says, today that are trying to make you lukewarm. 
Does that sound like you're in a certain age? Lukewarm? If you think you're lukewarm, I'd say, I'd put my heart hand up. And say, Lord, I don't want to be lukewarm. Because that's not a good sign. That's a very bad sign in Laodicea. Yeah, I'm going to get spewed out of God's mouth. But there's many things that Satan uses today to deaden your zeal, your passion, and put wet blankets of entertainment, wet blankets of gaming, wet blankets. Oh, who was out on Black Friday till four in the morning? Hmm. To save five dollars, really? When you could have had some sleep and got up in the morning and had a prayer meeting and read your Bible and pray? I don't want to go there. That's, of course, that's legalism. I'll just leave it there. Just Brother Tom being his old Brother Tom again. No, it's silly though, isn't it? People like this one lady, one of the, one of the young fellows were over at Hannah's birthday the other night and my little darling granddaughter, 17 years old. Oh my goodness. I still feel 21. Don't look at though. Matthew Ardeal's little girl, I won't tell who which one it was. She actually walked in the office this morning. She looked at me and said, man, you're old. <laughs> Derek, Brother Derek was there. He said, I, I said, I retire right now. <laughs> That's my retirement package right there. Man, you're old. I just come out around. There's no guile in it. Then I looked in the mirror and I said, yeah, man, I am old. But I still got the fire of God burning in my soul. And I say, and I pray for you, saints of God, that your fire will keep burning. But the only way you can keep fanning your fire is let the breeze of the Holy Ghost come into your homes. Come into your uh, uh, breakfast tables. Call the power of God down on your family. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, oh, the influence of the Christian church. This church should be aflame. Who's a part of this church? I am. Lord, fan the fire. This church should be aflame. But what Satan's done through, uh, listen, listen to me. Listen, if I'm I'm in closing now, I'm not going to be too much longer. Just been just an hour. Brother Branham said in 1960, voice of the sign, I think it is. I don't think that's the right title, but it's in a voice of something. And he says, he says, politics has a voice. I said, yeah, politics. You got your Republicans and liberals and your Democrats and your conservative party. They got a voice. Then he says, Hollywood has a voice. And I really actually wondered about that. Because I know that they have programs, but I didn't know they had a voice. But then today, who's out touting Hillary Clinton? Who's out, you know, running the, the republic or the trails of politics is Hollywood. And Hollywood is trying to have a voice and all they are are silly actors. They're not even real people. They don't even know who they are. I remember there was one actor, he, he was dying and, and, uh, Peter or somebody, I'll, I'll, maybe his name, his name will come up, but, uh, 
He played so many different characters, he didn't know who he was. They said, who are you? He says, I don't know. Because they played so many different acts. And politics has got a voice. And now Hollywood has a voice. And they're trying to influence the people. But Brother Branham goes back to where it started. He says, vulgar, dirty, filthy, uncensored programs. When did it start? Look back in history. Brother Biscoe mentioned this years ago. It started back there in the days of Clara Bow. That's what he said. So I don't know who Clara Bow is because that's 1920s. It's like some of you don't know who Elvis Presley is because you've moved on and you've got your beavers or beavers or whatever they're called. They had beetles and now they're beavers. But he said it started back in the days of Clara Bow. And so I looked up Clara Bow. She was a flapper and then I didn't know what a flapper was. Brother Bram says your mommy was a flapper. Right? Is there anybody in my class? I, I guess I failed that class. <laughs> I didn't know. Flapper. We hear these terminologies. A flapper was a word in the 1920s. They called it a flapper girl was a bobbed hair girl with short skirts. She was a generation of young Western women in the 20s who wore short skirts, bobbed hair, their hair, and listened to jazz. If you want to take a look at a quote on jazz, Brother Branham calls it a, the devil. Just for those that are musicians that like to uh, heighten their whatever in certain realms that they shouldn't be in, that's one realm you don't want to go, called jazz. Flaunting. Their disdain for considered acceptable behavior called rebellion, witchcraft. And this scheming, now listen to it now, this scheming ungodly Texan went out there and made these women underneath clothes that made them look sexy. And this begun. Vulgar songs they let pass was about ladies rolling down their stockings and showing their pretty knees. They got by with that and now it's uncensored. And now what you see in your malls and your stores, you had to buy a book to buy that was under the counter. It is a striptease act. It is a perversion wherever you go. And you got to put up with it. And all that is is to dampen your fire. But I say to you tonight, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. The wickeder it gets, the better it gets for us. Oh, bless his holy name. What do you think of them Hollywood prostitutes? Now that is what God thinks of Hollywood. Say, well, I'm just going to watch this. Just remember what your prophet said the next time. He called them prostitutes. Oh, it's just a, it's just a simple movie. They're just kissing prostitutes. 
This is where he, he said, what do you think them Hollywood prostitutes in hell today would do if they could return? They would make it different, but their influence is upon the world, and it's a flame of corruption. We had God sent this fire to fight that fire. And let me tell you, the fire that was in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the fire that is in you. And I say greater is he that is in you. Than the flame of corruption that is in the world. Musicians, please come. Then I say, fire of God, burn on. Burn on, Lord. You remember, young man, when you put those games on and those striptease come and you want to steal a car in your little gaming room and they're stripped down and music is playing. That is music from hell. Those are imaginary women made from the pit of hell. Those aren't real women. So it's unreal causing you to fall because if you lust after it, you've committed adultery already in your heart and no adulterer enters the kingdom of God. Everybody understand that? So the flame of corruption is here to dampen your flame. But I'm here tonight to tell you that the flame of God that is a consuming fire will consume the fire of Laodicea. No game. You say no weapon, no gaming, no movie, no Hollywood, no sports star. You know, listen, I, I, I know I get on the brothers that love soccer and all that. We always look back to when we were kids, when we thought it was wholesome. I look back, there wasn't a late, when I was a little boy of 10 years old, golfing, there was no ladies day. No ladies were allowed on the course. You say, well, you lived in the dark ages. No, those were the good ages. Then the ladies movement moved up and they said, we at least want one day a week. We want one day a week. So they gave them the worst day of the week, Wednesday. Ladies could play half day on Wednesdays. Boy, you got quiet on me. But now, saints of God, it's everywhere. In every sport. So now what you thought was wholesome soccer in Manchester United or whatever, where there was just the boys out and just beating the ball. Now they're tatted up to here, driving their Ferraris. They're living a, 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 a debauchery life style. And we admire them because they get paid $124 million. You know what? I'd look around the room and start admiring these brothers. Our precious brother Dave that drives the bus, I admire him. Because he's a testimony and he's a flame of fire. And when they come on that bus, they see God. Brother Mike in the meat counter, I don't care where you work. I don't admire Tiger Woods. I feel sorry for these people that have fallen stars. But I'm looking at another bride that's going to shine forever and ever. Look around the room. Look at these ladies washed in the blood of the Lamb. These are real ladies. 
What is it? It's the fire of God that has burned the dross of this world out of your lives. And if you want the fire of God to keep on burning, you as priests now got to keep that fire going. Don't you start putting now strange fire. Because it would, I probably would have saved it till another time and maybe study on it a little bit more. But the two eldest sons of Aaron, who were in the presence of God and were allowed to see God. They were allowed to be in the presence of God. They were priests. They were allowed to see God with Aaron and Moses and 70 elders. And they saw God and the the pavement was like sapphire under his feet. Had all these experiences. But they didn't take the original flame to keep the fire burning. They took strange fire that they thought would God would accept. But God only accepts his word. Saints of God, there's enough in this message to keep you lit forever and ever and ever and ever. Because it's this message that makes this Bible become alive. People say, I want to go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. What do you think we're doing? We just want Jesus. They don't know what Jesus to want. But I want the Lord Jesus Christ that was in attendance with a prophet. That when he speaks, something starts burning in my soul. And the same one that walked on the road to Emmaus, and I have a quote. Brother Bram said, that same one that walked with those disciples is the same one that is in this room tonight. And did not their hearts within them. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire. Let's stand. What do you think we should sing? It's burning in my soul. Do you know that song? Some do over. I got some amens here. Derek, you, did I, <laughs> Joanne, you know it, honey, don't you? Okay. How many else know that it's burning in my soul? Do we have it on the, the fire of heavenly love is burning in my soul. The Holy Spirit came. Oh, glory to his name. There you go. Burning in my is burning in my soul. The fire of heavenly love in my soul. The Holy Spirit came on glory to His name. The fire of heavenly love. Is that still good?
does the song burn, burn, Holy Spirit? slide where Brother Bram talked about there is standing there at Yosemite Yosemite Park and he just said he just could not wait for the fire to fall and it was at a certain time at night at, at the going down of the sun and they, they just said so I looked it all up they look it all up they stopped it because they think I thought it was an environmental hazard but the prophet was so excited because he wanted to see the fire fall. I said, it's only some ashes that were falling. So if you go on and look it up and you'll see them scooping these ashes. And the fire starts to fall over the mountain at Yosemite Park. And it, it is a wonder to see. And I thought, no wonder that prophet loved to see that fire falling. He lived in the fire. It fell every time he was in a service. I said, Lord, let the fire fall on this assembly. May it burn in your hearts. May it burn in your soul. And may you fan it on one another with words of encouragement. I know that's a big word, but it's, it's, it's easy to do. Encourage one another in the faith. And may God strengthen you with a greater love than you've never experienced before. Because if you're in that fire, Brother Bram said that fire is the love of God. Let's bow our heads. Father, just uh, maybe a little up, broken up message for a Sunday night. Just pray, Lord, you make it real and alive to each and every one of us. Lord, we just would say within our hearts, God, don't let it go cold. But fan the fire of God within our souls. Lord, so often your prophet has said, I go around the world and I see it cooling off. But there's a little elected lady, like that little Queen of Sheba. Something started to stir. It was the presence of God that started to light that seed. It was a vindication that the pillar of fire was there. Lord, 
May we go with a joy within our hearts tonight that we have that vindication. We indeed do have the pillar of fire. Go with your children in this age of commerce, buying, the world going crazy. Lord, let us always keep you first and foremost in our hearts and in our thoughts. Be with each and every one as they go their separate way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have to end with what we have is the pillar of fire. And then you'll greet one another and God will bless you and keep you under the shadow of his great wing. What we have is the pillar of fire.